FM. The following program is in English. Thank you. You're tuned in to L'Chaim, to life, with your host, Morris Klein, who just happens to be my baby brother. Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, welcome to L'Chaim, to life, Jewish life, and more. And what a L'Chaim it promises to be. Last week, the focus was local here in Melbourne. So this week, we have another theme which I am quite sure will become self-evident. I catch up with Nadia Matar, co-founder and co-president of the Women in Green Ribbonut Sovereignty Movement. So this is it. I'm with the show. You're tuned into Lachaim, to life, Jewish life and more on 92.3 FM, 3 triple Z. Six-day war. The Jewish people returned to the heart of Jerusalem, to the heartland of Israel, and to the Golan Heights. Along with the opening of the Jewish heart toward the land of Israel, the battle over Israeli consciousness also begins. Two camps confront each other, right versus left. The right establishes the Gush Emuni movement. The objective, the renewal of Jewish settlement in Judea and Samaria. On the other side, the left establishes the Peace Now movement. The objective, to internalize the consciousness of land for peace. The settlement enterprise establishes facts on the ground. The left demands recognition of the PLO as a representative of the Palestinians and the right to an independent state in the heartland of Israel. The uprooting of the Amit region reinforces the principle according to which uprooting of settlements and the transfer of territory is indeed possible. The left celebrates. The right understands that even facts on the ground are not necessarily irreversible. It turns out that even demonstrations don't help. But the settlement movement continues to establish facts on the ground. 1993, the Rabin government initiates a series of dramatic steps vis-a-vis the Arab leadership. Recognition of the PLO and the Oslo Accords establishes a new political reality. The right again goes out and demonstrates, but the caravan of the left continues energetically. In European drawing rooms, Yossi Beilin and his people promote a political philosophy of Israeli withdrawals. The cries of the right are drowned out in the background. Nevertheless, and despite everything, the settlement enterprise continues. But then the right observes a blow. 21 Gush Katif communities are uprooted and destroyed. The IDF withdraws and the gate to the Gaza Strip is locked. And that is not the end. The right understands. Demonstrations and proclaiming what not to do is not enough. It is necessary to promote an active political program. A sovereignty initiative founded by Women in Green is launched. The peace plan of the left has proven to be a delusional plan. The Arab lie has been exposed for all to see. The idea of an Arab terrorist state in the heartland of Israel is collapsing and vanishing. The right is launching a sovereignty offensive. The objective? True, long-term peace. Historic justice, return to Zionist and Jewish values, responsibility for the security of Israeli citizens in the exclusive hands of Israel, regional stability without an additional Arab terrorist state, a robust economy, and even a decline in housing prices in the center of the country. Sovereignty conferences, steps towards sovereignty in the Knesset and in the public, cooperation between sovereignty initiatives, promoting sovereignty in Bikat Din, promoting sovereignty in Gush Etzion, equalizing legislation between the Judea and Samaria, and the rest of the state of Israel and more. Sovereignty is gaining momentum. 
The sovereignty revolution is just beginning. The people and the leadership already understand the significance of Israeli sovereignty in the heartland of Israel. What is required now is implementation of the initiative in legislation and in action. It will only happen if each and every one of us will provide public backing for the decision makers in the Knesset and the government. It is in our hands. I'm quite sure that our Lechaim listeners would be well aware that the Biden administration in the U.S. is desperately trying to undermine all the great initiatives, work and achievements of President Donald Trump at home in the U.S. and in the Middle East, and especially when it comes to Israel. The pathetic, false Biden administration is proposing to open a U.S.-Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem, to which the majority of Israelis are firmly opposed. One organization that is leading the way in the opposition to the hostile proposition of a U.S.-Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem is Rivenut, the sovereignty movement. And joining us tonight on L'Chaim is Nadia Matar, co-founder and co-president of the Women in Green Rivenut Sovereignty Movement. Nadia, welcome to L'Chaim, to life, Jewish life and more. Thank you. Shalom. Good evening to all of you. Nadia, you and I spoke on air a few years back. You live in Efrat, which is 12 kilometers south of Jerusalem between Bethlehem and Hebron. We have just played some of the excellent Sovereignty Chess YouTube clip as an introduction to our interview with you tonight. I exhort everyone to check out the clip. Nadia, our focus tonight is going to be about what Ribbonut has organized the past few weeks. Before we get on to that, could you please tell our Lechaim listeners in your own words what the Women in Green Ribbonut Sovereignty Movement is all about? Thank you. Uh, in 1993, when the Oslo agreements were uh, signed, unfortunately, with the mass murderer Yasser Arafat, and we realized that the Israeli government uh, is giving parts away of our homeland to him and is creating a terrorist entity called the Palestinian Authority, giving them land, giving them weapons, we understood that we cannot stay at home quietly. And my mother-in-law of blessed memory, Ruth Matar founded the Women for Israel's Tomorrow, which with the clear message that if we want to have a tomorrow, we have to keep our homeland, which, as we remember, is very, very small already in, in, with Judea and Samaria. And when we uh, started demonstrating against the Oslo agreements, when we realized they want to shrink us back to the green line, the pre-67 borders, we were dressing then at the time with green hats and they labeled us the women in green. That is how we adopted our nickname. But then in 2005, we failed in preventing the expulsion from Gush Katif. And I met an incredible person, Yudit Katsover, one of the pioneers of the renewed Jewish settlement in Hebron. And uh, together, when my in-laws uh, stopped uh, being in Women in Green because of health reasons, we joined uh, to get forces together and prom- continue to promote the fact, the very motto that this, this land belongs to us. We have no right to give it away. But not this time with demonstrations. We understood that the right wing for so many years keeps on saying no. The left wing has a plan, which we oppose, the two-state solution, they call it, which we know is committing suicide. But the right wing for, up till 2011 was constantly saying no, no to a Palestinian state, no to give them weapons, no to talk to terrorists. What is our yes? What do we want? And that is when we realized that we have to raise the flag of the message of the right wing national camp, those who believe that this is our land, which is what should have been done the day we won in the Six Day War, the application of Israeli sovereignty over the land of Israel. And thanks to many activities over the years since 2011, we finally put on the table 
that the right wing also has a plan. There's two plans. Thank God, with a lot of work and a lot of uh, support and a lot of different people involved, not only us, we basically brought sovereignty all the way to the White House. Unfortunately, uh, the plan, the Trump plan, we opposed it because we are against 30% sovereignty and 70% Palestinian state. But the idea of sovereignty came onto the table. That is the background. Nadia, for the past few weeks, the sovereign movement has been at the forefront conducting vigil protests outside the building to the proposed U.S.-Palestinian consulate in Agron Street, Yerushalayim. It's been reported around the world. Even the very hostile to Israel CNN has reported on protests. The White House is not happy. The Islamic elements are not happy with the rallies. Please take us through this and how it's all been going. So, you know, when a war starts with a siren and with bombing and planes and uh, cannons and tanks, then the people get united. First, you get scared, but you get united against the enemy. But there's another kind of a war which starts with a sound of silence. And it is the war of consciousness that brings upon terrible actions lately if you stay quiet. These days, Israel, there's a battle for Jerusalem. And we are in the middle of a war in Jerusalem. And it is a war that is difficult to identify because there's no shelling by tanks and there's no cannons or bombing. But if we continue to close our eyes, we may, God forbid, awaken to a reality in which the heart of the Jewish people, its eternal capital, Jerusalem, is no longer in our hands, God forbid. When we heard that President Biden plans on reopening the consulate in Jerusalem for the Palestinians, we understood what it meant. They're trying to tell the world that it's nothing, it's just consular services, but which is not true. There is embassy, an American embassy in Jerusalem that gives all the services needed. So when we understood what they want to do to reopen that consulate, it meant the establishment of an American consulate in Jerusalem for the Palestinian Authority is a de facto partition of Jerusalem and transform it, God forbid, into the capital of what they want, the Biden administration, the the radical leftist administration of Biden. They want to turn it into the capital of a Palestinian state. When we heard that, we together with 20 organizations jumped into the water and said, we cannot be quiet. We have to start protesting against it. We have to wake up the people to the dangers. And that is what we did for three weeks in a row with rallies to, again, 20 extra parliamentary organizations that represent the majority of the Jewish people. If there is one thing that we still are united about is that the overwhelming majority of the Jewish people in Israel and abroad, all the governments of Israel, that Jerusalem united and undivided is the capital and the only capital of the state of Israel. And uh, thank God uh, we had two demands during those vigils. The first demand was that the government of Israel would make a clear statement about it, that they opposed the opening of the consulate after the budget here in Israel. And the second demand was, of course, from Biden, keep your hands off Jerusalem. Last Saturday night, we received the first demand, meaning when Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Foreign Minister Yair Lapid both declared at a press conference with no uncertain terms that Israel will not agree to the opening of the consulate, we understood that we reached a first success. The second part now is, of course, to make clear to the American administration, keep your hands off Jerusalem. And therefore, we stopped the weekly rallies in Jerusalem. And now we're going to focus our activities in America and abroad, showing them that it's against the Israeli law, against the Israeli people. And if anybody who wants to call himself a real friend of Israel has to respect the law of Israel and has to respect the will of the overwhelming majorities of the Israelis and of all Israeli governments.
And we are focusing on America. We already have a little video of one of the congressmen who uh, came out, Congressman Andrew Garbarino, came out against President Biden's intention to open the consulate. And we're going to, please God, sweep the public opinion against it so that they will understand that nobody touches Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the undivided, uh, united capital of the Jewish people of Israel. Oh, man, absolutely. Nadia, if any of our L'chaim listeners here in Australia and overseas would like to support your great work and the work of Ribbonut, what can they do? They can contact us and we'll talk more because I know on radio show we can't uh, go at length. But uh, we would love to speak to people who want to join and help. And everybody can do different things. We need to spread our message on Facebook, on Twitter, on, on social media. We need to open chapters of sovereignty all around uh, the world. Because the message is we're not doing this only for us. We have to remember that the Arabs, their main slogan here in the Middle East is first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. First, we'll get rid of Israel and then we'll get rid of the other religions. It's a much bigger war. The reason we need sovereignty and that it should uh, attract not only the Jewish people, but also all the Gentiles, all the people who want to continue and believe in the biblical uh, values of the the Western values is that Israel is basically the little boy uh, holding the entire front here for the Western civilization. And the only way we will keep our values is by keeping a strong Israel. And Israel will only be strong if we stay in all of Judea and Samaria between the sea and the Jordan River. Therefore, we call upon anyone who wants to help us to come to our website, ribonut.co.il or the Women in Green website, contact us and tell us how you can help. And of course, I won't hide it. Everything we do is also very expensive. Anybody who wants to be partners also in uh, the expenses is invited to. But before, let's make a contact and let's see how we can spread the message of sovereignty also to Australia. Nadia, I'd like to invite you back early sometime next year to talk about uh, the Osvagon Nature Reserve. It's a wonderful uh, project that uh, has been going for a number of years. We'll have you on sometime next year. So Nadia Matar, co-founder and co-president of the Women in Green Rivenut Sovereignty Movement, along with your co-founder and co-president, Yehudit Katsova. Thank you very much for joining us on Lachaim to Life, Jewish Life and More, with your very, very important work for Medinat Yisrael. Much continued success to you and Team Rivenut. Yasha Koyach to everyone. Thank you very much, Lachaim, for the sake of Israel's sovereignty. Amen. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave and ancient land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains Then I see a land Where children can run free So take my hand And walk this land with me And walk this lovely 
customer when you are by my side with the help of God I know I can be strong When you are by my side With the help of God I know I can be strong To make this land our home If I I can never tire of listening to Andy Williams singing the beautiful Exodus. I love it as I love Israel. And what can you say about Nadia Matar and the Women in Green Ribbonut Sovereignty Movement? Only Yasha Koyach to them all. Please take down their website details and get behind them and support them. The website is www.ribonut.co.il. Nadia mentioned that their protest vigils outside the proposed U.S. consulate in Jerusalem had the support of over 20 Zionist organizations. I'd like to read something out from one that I have a close association with, the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. No, you can't. The Israel Institute for Strategic Studies stands with other proactive Zionist organizations in opposing attempts by the U.S. Biden administration to drive a stake into the heart of Jerusalem by insisting on opening a consulate to serve non-Israel entities in Israel's united capital, Jerusalem. There is no diplomatic precedent of the United States intentionally imposing an official State Department facility inside the sovereign capital of another nation in order to serve the interests of a foreign entity, let alone one that declares itself to be an enemy of Israel and explicitly calls for our destruction. We say no to the opening of a U.S. consulate for the Palestinian Authority in Jerusalem. Such an act would place the United States in direct opposition to the wishes of the State of Israel and in support of an entity that regularly and repeatedly perpetuates brutal and bloody terror against Israel, including in Jerusalem. No, you can't. Dr. Martin Sherman, founder and director... Barry Shaw, International Public Diplomacy Director of the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. What a great statement. Firebrand Barry Shaw has been a guest of mine on air many, many times. He's written several books about Israel, as has Dr. Martin Sherman. Barry will be our guest on L'Chaim late December to close out our L'Chaim year. 
I am quite sure our listeners worked out the theme of tonight's L'Chaim with... Now, a reminder, our guest last week was Judy Fagland, founder and president of Mitzvah Day Australia. Mitzvah Day is happening this Sunday, November 21st. So please give thought to getting involved for a few hours and check out the Mitzvah Day website, www.mitzvahday.org.au or the Mitzvah Day Facebook page to see what projects you can join and participate in some community activity and fun making a difference. This is hot off the press. Well, actually, Facebook yesterday. The JNF Australia are thrilled to announce that registrations are open for their mission to Israel next year. To be first to find out more information, register your interest at www.jnf.org.au forward slash mission 2022. Visit Israel with the JNF October 21st to November 1st, 2022. The Australian Jewish Association's guest tonight, immediately preceding L'Chaim, was Lauren Isaacs, National Director of Harut Canada. She's a popular speaker in Canada and in Israel, and tonight was her first address to an Australian audience. Lauren was recently arrested on Hahobay at Temple Mount for the crime of displaying the flag of Israel. I'll be checking out the YouTube recording when it gets posted tomorrow. The AJA's guest next week is American author Michael Myerson, with his book, Are Jews Really Not Good at Sport? All the information's on the AJA's Facebook page. Check it out. Right, you'll find in about 15 minutes to half an hour a recording of tonight's Lachaim program at 3zzz.com.au. Click on the down arrow in the Listen to a Show square and scroll down to the Jewish group. You'll find it there. Links to YouTube recordings of tonight's interviews will be posted to the Lachaim and Morris Klein Facebook pages tomorrow. Lachaim podcasts are also available at JWire, digital Jewish news daily for Australia and New Zealand. Please check out the other two programs that make up the Jewish group here at 3ZZZ. The Hebrew Hour, Shabbat Shalom, 3pm on Friday, and the Yiddish Hour, 11am on Sunday. If you'd like to contact us here at Lechaim, our email is lchaim3zzz at gmail.com. For only $16, please consider becoming a member of the Jewish group here at 3ZZZ. And for seniors, it's just $11. Again, click on 3zzz.com.au. Many thanks again to Team Lechaim, Dr. George Banky, the executive producer, Dr. Mori Frankel and Jeff Deegan. So thank you for tuning in and please join us again next week on L'Chaim. My name is Morris Klein. I'm Yisrael Chai and peace. Ich hab' ge'arbeit 
Yeah, no, I feel alright. Yeah, no, I feel. 